morning, good afternoon, good evening, good whatever it is wherever you are today. I'm Ali Amagasu, welcoming you to episode 51 of Cloud Unfiltered. Today I am joined by Lisa Marie Nanfi. She is the uh, manager, community manager, I think you'd probably say, of the world's largest OpenStack user group. She's going to talk to us a bit in a bit about that. Um, but first, I'd just like to say welcome, Lisa Marie. Thank you so much for having me. We appreciate you being on. Pete uh, Johnson is with me again today, as usual. Pete, hello. Hey, Ali. Thanks for having me back as well. Sure, sure. Uh, Lisa, th there's a lot of interesting things we want to talk with you about. But before we get into those, uh, let's start with what we always start with. How did you get into tech? Oh, man. Well, I grew up here in the Silicon Valley. Um, so you I, really had no choice. I kind of. I went to Palo Alto High School, and all of my uh, friends, best friends, just started writing code to develop different, you know, software applications and then um, you know just stuff we wanted to use stuff we thought would help us and then kind of thought well you know this was really cool what i just built maybe other people would want to use this too and so you know kind of open source the birth of open source this is in my dna for sure you know we just put that stuff out there maybe other people can want to use it and then after a while, people, companies were like, actually, we would want that technology. And all of my friends you know, started getting bought up and, and we just got absorbed into it. So yeah, it was, I, I would say I grew up with it. My mother was a professor at Stanford. She was in the English department. I was an English major. So I came about tech literally by rolling up my sleeves and learning um, programming languages in the early days, you know, Pascal and um, when I was at Oracle, PL SQL. So uh, that's how I got into it. And I just absolutely loved it. Wow, wow, it doesn't sound like you had a chance. I mean, if you were raised where you were raised, I've, I've spoken to, we've had folks on the show who were like, I wanted to be an actor. And I tried really hard to be an actor, but everywhere around me, people kept offering me jobs in tech. <laughs> and so I was yeah. just gonna do this tech job until my acting career got off the ground. And then, you know. Yeah, I wanted later. to write the next great American novel. And um, I ended up in tech and I've written two books on OpenStack. So not quite the next great American novel, but um, maybe that'll come someday. A little different audience for this. <laughs> Slightly different. Right, right. So, so at the beginning, I mentioned that you you uh, run the world's largest OpenStack user group. But really, I don't know if um, people. I want to be sure they understand which group we're talking about. It's the Sanford, the SF Bay Area Open Infrastructure User Group, which it's the same thing, right? Yeah, exactly. So for years, we were called SF Bay OpenStack. And and let me qualify too, because every time I say that, someone from the foundation will say, well, you know, there's really large user groups in China. And then I, you know, they don't use meetup.com. So it's hard to count. But of the ones that we can count, you know, we have over 6,500 members. And um, yeah, lots. And it's global. Oh my God. I know, right? It's, it's, um, we worked really hard to build this community. It's funny, I, I don't really think of myself as a community manager. I, um, I stole a term from Robin Bergeron. I, I call myself a community architect because it's much more than just managing a community. When you're growing a community like that and you're nurturing a community and you're shifting a community from, you know, in the early days when we would sit there at the meetups and literally write code, you know, with some of the PTLs and a bunch of the, you know, the hackers. And then, you know, now it's, and then we moved into more admins and, and architects and then the operators. Um, and I can talk about all that and why we did that. And then, um, as you might have noticed at the last OpenStack Summit, the conversation has changed from you know, just OpenStack to more of an open infrastructure and all of these projects coming together. And we had been doing that for years anyway. If I look back at my calendar for the last two years, I think I've run 19 meetups on Kubernetes and Docker and Mesos, Mesosphere. Um, hosted one of them for us too. And, you know, we, we, the, we talk about IOT, we talk about AI, we talk about all kinds of things, networking. So I just thought that the name of our 
organization wasn't really reflecting the content yeah. that we were delivering, right? And so cloud native open infra just seemed more of an all-encompassing term that reflected the content that we're delivering and the conversation and what people want to talk about. And so that also enabled us to bring in the folks from the CNCF. And once they put the meetup on their site, I started clicking through and I realized, I also run the world's largest CNCF user group now by a lot. Um, but it's absolutely OpenStack built it. You know, OpenStack is, is, is basically the foundation. It was the first ever OpenStack meetup group. So we really respect what grew this amazing community and how we all came together. Um, so it's absolutely still, you know, OpenStack is at the core of it. And we, we still love OpenStack. So just to be clear. So this is a little bit of a side route, but I used to run the LA OpenStack user group and they'd meet at MetaCloud when we were there. And I mean, we had maybe 50 or 60 members at a meeting and we didn't have anywhere near 6,500 on our total roster. I don't even understand where you would meet or how you would manage that. Like, do you yeah. have to break off into smaller groups? Or? Well, okay, as I mentioned, it's it's global. So the 6,500 members, I think a lot of them don't live here. And so okay. because we tend to do either a Google Hangout or a Zoom or some kind of live streaming of each meetup, I, I know Gary working quite well, who used to run that user group with you. Yep. Um, and, and, you know, we used to talk about this all the time. He never wanted to live stream because he felt like no one would sit through LA traffic if they had an option of sitting at their computer and meetups are supposed to bring people together. We never had that problem. We always had about 200 people in the room for each meetup. And then we would, you know, if I didn't do a live stream, I was getting pinged, you know, all for the whole hour saying, you know, where's the link? I want to participate because we had such great speakers. You know, the San Francisco yeah. Bay area is, is an area where people would fly to to want to come and speak to the user group. So people, you know, we had great content that we were delivering and we wanted to be able to share it with the world. So it's not all, not all of the 6,500 members are here. Um, I, when I changed the name of the user group and I sent an email out to all of them, people from France were coming up to me at the last OpenStack Summit saying, you know, hey, you changed the name of your user group and, you know, people from all over the world. So I think it is a very global community, which is great because that's what, you know, OpenStack and Kubernetes and all of these open source communities that we support are, are all very global. And I think just because we're located here and we have access to such great content, um, and it's where OpenStack started. <laughs> when I used to be at HP and I'd run the meetup, I would literally point to NASA, which was like the runway was you know right outside of our window, and you could see the big NASA sign. I'm like that's where OpenStack started, and it was really cool to be able to host meetups for years in that space. Um, so this area is, is special that way, and I try to you know. But you're right; it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to keep all the community together and um, to keep all those people together and um, yeah, it's effort for sure. And do you have people banging down your doors to present there or? Yes, absolutely. Um, that, that's one thing we're lucky with, but uh, I'm very protective of the community and I wanna make sure we're always delivering really, really good content because people will look at the, you know, the, the meetup you know, meetup.com slash OpenStack, and they'll see that 6,500 number. And so they're thinking, oh, yeah, I want to get my company in front of, of this many people. And yeah. we record everything. We have a YouTube channel. So it has a shelf life even after the meetup. But I, if someone is thinking they're just going to come and, and, you know, pitch their, their, you know, do a vendor pitch, then you're going to lose your community. And one way we've built up the community is by keeping everything very open, very community focused. And, um, and we have a lot of people, you know, I think 
I ran the meetup three of those years I was at HP. I don't think we ever talked about you know anything HP the whole entire time. We ran a meetup at Portworx the other day, um, and we just basically talked about uh, running stateful applications in containers. But it was focused on Kubernetes. That was that was the main focus. And Eric Hahn presented, and he was one of the original Kubernetes team members. Um, and that's why the the room was packed because people yeah, that's to, adding yeah. value. That's interesting, right? Yeah, exactly. And we try to you know we did it with our friends from Codefresh. So um, there was two different different you know, companies there involved and they were, we were all showing community stuff. So, um, and, and helping solve problems. So I think that's the main thing. Wow, Th those sound terrific. Now, it sounds like you're delivering great content. You're having great um, speakers. Do you guys ever, you talked about in the beginning doing OpenStack meetups that you guys would work on a project. There'd be a PTL there and you guys would try to, you know, hack on an issue. Um, does that happen anymore? Or has it really kind of transitioned towards more presentations? We haven't really, written any code or fixed any bugs at the at these meetups for a while. But that's where the we we made a decision, you know, I, I started seeing what was happening in these communities. And when OpenStack, and this was maybe about four years ago, um, they when it started growing and it started getting into enterprises, there was a gap. The the operators and the admins were were not really being they were being a little bit left out and that we hear the feedback in the community sometimes before the you know the foundations hear the feedback and and so you know i think they responded by developing this coa the certified OpenStack admin certification um kubernetes has a similar thing as well because that, that was uh that was a group of people that were were not really being focused on and with the operators too in fact we just um this is something I'm super passionate about. And, and when I do my Kubernetes panel or any containers panel, we, we bring the conversation there. And you have amazing people like Tony Campbell, who was at CoreOS and is now at um, Red Hat. Uh, you know, he they started this um, container operator framework. So I think it's um, uh, github.com slash operator dash framework. Tony's going to kill me if I get that wrong, um, but it's you know it's, I think it's operator dash framework on GitHub. But um, they're you know they're really focusing on the operators, which is is kind of the missing piece of the puzzle. And I think a lot of people at the are going to the meetups to learn, not to sit there and and write upstream code like it was in the early days, right. but to actually learn because they are the operators, you know. And something like Kubernetes, you know, we we'll do a hands-on lab with Kubernetes on OpenStack or OpenStack on Kubernetes. We've done actually both of those things um, or just Kubernetes, you know, with something else. Um, Rackspace just did one about how to scale Kubernetes. And um, and it was a very- Oh, we lost it. How lost for a second. Tribute. Oh, oh, we got okay. you back. No worries. Sorry we got about that. Back. I was just saying people are coming to the meetups to learn how to use, how to yeah. be, you know, how to operate and not to learn how to code upstream anymore or how to contribute. It's easy to figure out how to contribute if you need to contribute. You know, there's, everything's on GitHub, GitLab, Garrett. You know, there's ways to contribute. But, you know, I think we're teaching people more. Right. So it's not just sitting there watching PowerPoint. Sometimes you are actually, like it sounds, like hands-on labs. We have, yeah. We've, we, I try to do at least two or three of those a year. Um, and for our big event, actually, which is happening um, on July 10th, yeah, on July 10th, um, we have a half day of hands-on labs and we have presentations and we have lightning talks. So this is something that, um, if I can just plug this event. What is, yeah, what's your, what's your big event and where is it and when is it? Actually, well, in, Hill is host, 
Yes, July 10th, Intel is hosting it. So for those that have been involved in the community with us for a long time, um, this, this idea started around the OpenStack birthdays. So July is the month of the OpenStack birthday. So for the fourth birthday, we threw a big party at 111 Minnow. We got a lot of the founders of OpenStack there. We did you know brief lightning talk. It was really fun. The next year after that, we did this big Lego game that taught you how to contribute upstream and, and HP hosted that. It was really, really cool. The year after that, we just did a series of lightning talks and that was super popular. But every year I've challenged myself and the community has challenged me, you know, like, what are you going to do this year? Because our birthday party has is, is always been like much more than a birthday celebration. I always do have cupcakes, but um, that's my signature. But it's it's something, you know, I really want people to, to have an experience. You know, we create these moments that people remember. So last year, we really challenged ourselves. We did a half day of hands-on labs and some presentations. And and the topics are broad. Our, top, our tracks were containers, IoT, and networking. And so we had a, a Kubernetes hands-on lab. We had um, Intel was doing the networking stuff. And then we had a keynote. And then in the evening, we had the lightning talks. So it was like combining the best of all worlds. And it was super popular. So we're doing that again this year. So the first half of the day from 1 to six is kind of the 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 labs and a couple of the presentations and then in the evening we'll have the dinner we'll have the cupcakes we'll have raffle prizes we'll have really epic t-shirts we really upped the t-shirt game this year um and and we'll have uh the lightning talks as well we've got 10 amazing sponsors actually i think we're up to 11. um cisco is one of them and actually cisco is doing our yay, main cisco. yay thank you cisco cisco devnet also sylvia love that team out there they're awesome and um and i asked lou i kind of cornered him at the last summit and i'm like lou you've never spoke at my meetup can you it's about time so he was like okay 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 so he's doing our keynote and he's actually gonna speak about istio see this is how cool this is right he's gonna talk about istio and service mesh we keep the conversation exactly where people want the conversation to be so istio is a hot topic right now i mean that's Super hot topic we're having google all over our stage at our events we're all over their stage there's a lot of chit chat about Istio and Apogee and all that fun stuff. So that's yeah. great that that's going to be there. One major question as you're talking about all this, I mean, you get a lot. It sounds like a super fun event. Do you need to register? Is there a registration fee or is it? There's no fee. Um, that's wow. Cool. Thank you to our wonderful sponsors. Oh my gosh. And they came through. I mean, it's like Red Hat and Canonical and Forks is sponsoring and Intel, of course, Daytera, Platform 9, amazing sponsors and who have been great community people. Um, so because of our sponsors, you can get a free t-shirt, free cupcakes. So go to meetup.com slash OpenStack. That's our user group. It's the next one, so it should pop up. Um, we had a little bit of trouble with the registration page. So, um, But just the July 10th event, there is a link there. Um, if you want to, Intel had a, like a, we don't use Eventbrite anymore. We're using a Cvent or something like that. So we're trying to figure out people's t-shirt sizes and all of that. So there's a link that, that we'd like you to register on, but if that's too much trouble, just register on the meetup page. And um, But if you want to be eligible for the raffle, then uh, we need you to, to click that link and register there. Awesome. Well, now you know, everybody. Yeah. On the and Google is, um, right up. Google will be one of the, you mentioned Google with Istio yeah. and Service Mesh. Google will also be um, featured in two of our different tracks. So we've got great presenters from Google. I think that we're going to have them talk about Kubernetes and Lou is going to talk about Istio and Service Mesh. Um, but yeah, we'll, the content will be absolutely phenomenal. And it's funny, I, I, I was reminded from my friends at IBM that I actually ran the first ever Istio meetup 
it was uh, years ago. It was at it was at DockerCon in Seattle, um, and when Istio was just you know a glint in in the eye of the developers at IBM when they would, had just released Project Amalgamate, uh, we ran the first ever meetup and showed a demo, and it was really awesome. Dan Berg was on stage with me, and so much fun. So we are always bringing the cutting edge content, and these projects go off to be these amazing uh, amazing projects. So sounds to me like you can't resist a good meetup. <laughs> I can't resist <laughs> organizing a good meetup, right. I guess. <laughs> right. Pete, I've totally been hogging the conversation. My apologies as usual, uh, but we still have plenty of time left. What okay. do you want to ask Lisa Marie? I'll, I'll, get, I'll get my shots. You're, you're, good about, you're good about, you know, spreading out the love here. So first of all, I can confirm that operator framework URL is correct. So github.com slash operator dash framework. I think Lisa is exactly what you're talking about. And you had me at Pascal, but it's completely <laughs> in go. <laughs> so there, there's that going on. I wanted to ask, I mean, so you hit a, there's a whole bunch of things that, that, that I want to deep dive on and I'm not going to have time for all of them. The operator th framework thing is, is an interesting one because I, I have a distinct memory when I was working at HP Cloud, uh, having a developer tell me that the code was the documentation at one point, right? Where it was like an you know, open source projects typically go through this phase of, like the only people can use them are the people that are writing them. And then they have to graduate to this, you know, th this thing where with more broad uh, applicability. So let me, let me use that as kind of a framework towards, do you think the success of, of this specific user group to, to almost becoming like a, it, it's almost become a, it, its own conference in and of itself. If you, you know, you've got tracks and you've got all kinds of things that you're planning for this event on, on the 10th. Was that as much about sort of riding the wave of OpenStack as it matured? Or like if, what, what other tips would you have besides cupcakes or pizza to somebody who's trying to curate their own meetup in some way? What are some things that you think made bigger differences along the way? Okay, you just asked me four questions in that well, one yeah. question. <laughs> I'll, I'll so take them. Of course I asked you four. <laughs> I'll take them from the top. Um, yeah, the days of, of, of writing the code, and you remember the old days where it said you need a PhD to be able to run OpenStack, yeah, yeah. Right? and then we tried to get away from that and um, make it a little bit easier, and then I think we made it even more confusing, and, and even the projects themselves. Look at how many projects there are around containers alone. Right. And, and now there's Kata, right? So there's, you know, this is not, I don't think we've done the best job at simplifying, and, you know, open source communities have never really been, in, <laughs> been able to be accused of keeping it simple. So um, that's just kind of the nature of the beast, but that's why you, you have to think about the operators, the admins, you know, who's going to actually bring this to the enterprise so that these open source projects can have legs and can have a life um, beyond just a bunch of people writing code because we think it's right. cool. So, um, so yeah, so I think, you know, for, for us, shifting the, the focus there and the conversation there was, was kind of a necessary thing. And you know, I, I, I listen, right? So I follow where, where people want to want to take things and, and where the conversation wants to go and what would actually be useful. So this, you also mentioned a, a mini conference. You know, they used to do something in this area called OpenStack Days, actually the whole area, but they're not doing any OpenStack Days in um, the lower 48. I think Canada was doing one, and I believe I maybe just heard it got canceled. So, um, so this is this thing we're doing on July 10th is as close to an OpenStack Days, um, although it's well beyond OpenStack, but it's um, it's that type of thing because the content people still want the content. Not everybody can travel to the summits, 
And when you do get to the summit, you're just, there's so much content thrown at you. And, you know, it's all recorded, which is great, but do you really go and, and watch it all? So one of the things I've always tried to do is bring the content to the people. And so one thing that is very useful that I tell user group managers all the time, look at the content that was delivered at the OpenStack Summit. Ping any of those presenters, and I bet they would love to come and bring that to your user group. Instead of a 20-minute breakout session or, or whatever it is, 40 minutes where you're competing with you know, 12 other tracks at the same time, you have a dedicated audience that's listening to just you. It can be recorded as well. You can have two hours if you want. You have you know, time to network and to, to engage before and after. We like to have a combination of you know, 30 minutes of networking and beer and pizza and then content and then 30 minutes after because the presenters are always inundated. Even if we do Q&A, you know, there's always half the room that doesn't ask questions and then they go up to you afterwards and, and then you're like, you know, pinned to the wall answering questions for another 45 minutes. So, I mean, that just tells me people are starved for this conversation. And over the years, I used to say, hey, show of hands, who's coming to the OpenStack Summit? And most of the community was raising their hands. Over the years, that's become less and less. And for the last three summits, the only people that raised their hands were people like me who were actually going to present at the right. at these summits. So people Oh, we're having a little hiccup. Hopefully come the back. The uh oh, did I did I lose you? We, we okay. just lost you people you you like ten uh -oh. seconds, five seconds. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well that's just even more validation of why we need to bring the content into um you know into people's uh, houses, people's you know communities where they live. So it's it's it sounds like it's content content content. I mean, you said earlier that you 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 try not to let people come in and, and pitch individual products and and have it be kind of a salesy thing. And if if you're grabbing people off of uh you know OpenStack Summit talk tracks, that it's going to be more technical and more problems problem solution based than hey you should come be a beta customer kind of. Well, yeah, exactly. And if right. you. Uh, and hopefully it's not cutting out anymore. It was it's coming in out for me a little bit too. But yeah, if you if you get your talk accepted at a KubeCon or CloudNativeCon or an OpenStack Summit, it's probably going to be a community oriented talk, and that's the type of talks that we like to deliver. Also, now that doesn't mean you can't show a demo to explain what it is that you built and that you're showing, and your logo could be in the corner of your demo. I mean, we're not, you know, we we do have these things sponsored. Somebody is paying for the beer and pizza, and so people will say, you know, can I give a five minute pitch? You know about the company, and so uh, of course that's you can do that. But it's really you just don't want to lose your audience, and so that's kind of the main thing. So one thing I love to do is have two different people from different companies talk because that kind of at the same time, because that kind of ensures that everybody you know focuses on the problem that we're solving. I mean, this whole thing is all about solving business problems and use cases, and that's what people are trying to do. And usually that means combining a couple of different community open source projects or even some maybe not open source projects together in order to solve those business problems. And that's where the conversation has gone. And you saw that at the last OpenStack Summit. You see that with the different projects that OpenStack is like Kata Containers is a really good one. It's about the integration with these different technologies. And that is the problem that, that we're solving, whether it's at the summits or whether it's in the community at these user group meetings. Um, you just mentioned, let me interrupt one sec, Pete. You had mentioned, um, you've mentioned Kata a couple times now, Lisa. 
Um, but I don't think you mentioned the meetup. There's a separate Kata meetup, isn't there? Oh, okay. So yes, I would like to, as you can probably tell, I'm passionate about hosting the first ever meetup of any awesome technology. So I've been bugging them to host a Kata meetup uh, since they released it and uh, since they announced it in December. Um, but we are finally going to do it. It's actually part of the July 10th. It's going to be a hands-on lab kata containers and so it's at the intel event we can do a separate one some other time too but this one is actually going to be a hands-on lab because 1.0 was just released uh, in vancouver super excited about that and um i've been kind of teasing this this project to the user community for for six months since they announced it in december so um and intel is a major contributor to the project they were the ones who donated the, the clear containers part of it and then hyper did the other parts so um it's kind of perfect that we're hosting this at intel and um and that they will help us do that hands-on lab and i hope annabelle b and uh, on irc and Ruticio and um and kendall and the folks can make it down i don't know if they'll be able to but uh i would love for that awesome team to to be there when we actually kick this off yeah that sounds like an exciting project so yeah, i wanted to be sure we got the kata meetup in there back to you pete well let me let me follow up on i mean it sounds like more and more of the conversations in your in your meetup are centering around kubernetes and container issues and are you seeing the same pattern that we just talked about with openstack that that there's more operator and admin interest in in that topic than there was developer interest and like how much has that lagged do you think from one to the other yeah i i think they're i think they're separate i think there's definitely people who are developing upstream to kubernetes absolutely and um and which is awesome and kubernetes needs that um but i think there's also people who really need to know how to use Kubernetes, how to integrate as people are shifting, you know, away from VMs and, and, and container orchestration is, is a big thing. I mean, I, I work at a company that is completely 100% based on people going to container, you know, containers. And um, so a lot of people are making a bet on that. And, but if you don't have the operators, I mean, that, that URL that you mentioned for the, um, the container operator framework, that's going to be super important. Because if we leave those people out, then we're not going to have anyone that actually knows how to use this and build this, and it will not get the enterprise adoption that it needs to get. And it doesn't matter how much great code you write as a developer and, and you contribute upstream, it's, no one will see it. So that is a very important piece of the puzzle. Are you seeing, I guess, are, are, based on the mix of folks that you have in your audience, or are you seeing that it's more and more the admins that are showing up and asking those questions as opposed to the developers? Yeah, it's still a little bit of a mix, but I would say um, less developers and less upstream contributors right. and um, and more admins and operators. Because it seems, at least the, the things that we see, I think, in, in the field here at Cisco are that the, that learning curve for the IT admin is a little steeper for containers than maybe it, it was for, for VMs, even, I mean, even though that maybe that's not fair because the VM one happened so long ago, who even remembers that anymore, right? Um, yeah, not me, I'm but, not that old. But like if you're, well, I, <laughs> Say, I, I remember I, writing I'm a lot of marketing opinion. materials about yeah. it, but okay, <laughs> we're, we're gonna go with that. We're gonna see. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's, I would say there is a steep learning curve, like something like Kubernetes, um, it's, but it's worth it <laughs> once you do that learning the curve. can't do it. There's tools out to help. Um, those docs that you mentioned, uh, we didn't really get back to that. Um, yeah, those are super 
important. So if you have an open source project and you're not devoting a lot of time to having a portion of your community writing yeah. the docs, your project is not going to succeed. So the docs are super, super important. I think the folks at Linux figured that out. I, the folks at OpenStack are really working you know, hard on that. And it might not be the sexiest part of contributing to a community, but it's so important. And so I'm always going on about that. So docs, docs, docs. Um, but yes, I think uh, I think that is that is the shift, and I think people need that information, um, and they're going to go there. I mean, it's it's just a matter of time. It's people are going to get there if they're trying to build all this stuff on their own. That they're fine. They're going to eventually just take six months to come back around to yeah. being like, well, I really should have just learned this. But having said that, I always say, hey, show of hands, you know, who's in the audience? And when I ask how many people are developers, we, we do get a fair amount of people raising their hand. But I'm I'm don't then ask the second question. It's like, well, are you an upstream developer? Are you a core contributor? Are you or are you just or are you a developer who could also be an operator, right? Um, or or an architect or an admin. So I think that developer term is also kind of getting used broadly. It is, yeah. But it, so it sounds like you're seeing a good mix, and that that matches some of the things that that we're seeing. That I mean, as, as I think we're all seeing the same thing here. That in order to see the the tech take off, you don't just need the core developers. You need a richer set of of people that are going to play different roles in an enterprise adoption of that technology. Absolutely, absolutely. Hey, um, Lisa Marie, something I wanted to ask you about. Uh, you've you've mentioned uh, Portworks a couple times. Uh, so for folks that are that are watching right now, that is where uh, you work. Uh, do you want to take a minute to tell us what uh, what this company does? Yeah, sure. Super exciting startup in the Silicon Valley. Um, I mentioned containers and that that's the way that people are, are kind of moving um, and developing. And if you the, the one piece that we provide is the storage piece. So Portworth is a cloud native storage company because when people start, first started running things on in containers, they were thinking stateless applications. And there was a lot of uh, thought in the industry that containers, especially Kubernetes, are only for stateless applications. But what happens to all the data? I mean, it turns out that stateful is super important. So you're going to want to run those databases in containers at some point. You're going to need a solution that helps you do that. And all of that stuff that you expected from VMs, like the high availability and that security and you know all that, everything that persistent data needs, you need that in containers. So when you lose your containers and they go down, you don't lose your data. So that is the piece that Portworks solves. And we work really closely with, you know, I, as I mentioned, Eric Hahn came from Google. He was he was the original Kubernetes PM, huge container knowledge in, in, the, in there and a lot of storage knowledge. The founders came from um, Oak Arena that got sold to Dell. And so we have a lot of background in containers and storage. Um, and we already have a lot of customers already running in production because this is this is a problem that we solve for Mesosphere. So they resell us. We solve it, you know, with, for Docker. So we have a lot of um, a lot of customers who are running, you know, things like uh, Kafka and Cassandra and Postgres databases in containers and or even WordPress applications. Um, and they wouldn't really be able to do it any other way. So it, it's it's a lot of fun. It's um it's a fun little niche to be part of. And I work with the nicest, smartest people on the planet. So I actually love my job. <laughs> it's really great. Um, and so I the user group is sort of you know a nights and weekends thing, but we're all part of the same cloud native ecosystem and even at Portworks we have a couple of open source projects that we've donated and have gone anywhere um, and hung my hat on, on a company that didn't really have a strong open source DNA as well. So I get to mix all my worlds together. 
Well, thanks for sharing. Just in case our listeners haven't all heard of Portworks yet. I don't know how long you guys have been around. When was the company founded? About four years ago. Um, most of our customers have gone production in the, the last two years, um, particularly the last year. So we're growing really super fast. Um, but people might not have heard of us because we're sort of, you know, we'll, we'll just be part of the part of the solution and solving a problem. Um, but yeah, portworks.com. Come check us out. We have a lot of docs on our website and self-running tutorials. So Catacoda demos is uh, you can download it for free and try it out. Um, so lots of good information out there. That's good. That's really great that there's some tutorials there. I feel like one of the things I just walked away from the last Cisco Live understanding a lot better is that we're still a, a lot further ahead of most of the customers than than we think on containers. Um, a lot of them were coming by and expressing a great deal of anxiety at the, at the booth I was working about containers. And that's important, I think, for us to understand is, you know, if we want people to adopt these solutions, they need to understand exactly how you embrace it. You know, how is it going to work with your legacy applications and architectures? You know, what do you need to do to enable this in a hybrid cloud environment? Like, how does all that work? And I think it's just a lot for people to swallow. So if you're providing little tutorials to help them along the way, even if they aren't ready to adopt a solution yet, I think just going to the different companies that are providing the solutions and starting to see what they have to say about them would be really helpful. You nailed it. We have tutorials that aren't even on Portworks. So we have tutorials on installing Kubernetes because if you can't get the container part working, then you're not even gonna get to us. So right. um, we have a lot of really good information on, on MESOS out there as well. Um, on portworks.com. So we try to be really good community people. And and you're absolutely right about the hype cycle and, and now it's catching up. But you know, some of our customers are, you know, they feel like I bring Neo on stage with me whenever I can and Michael Richmond will be on stage again on the July 10th um, event talking about what they've built with Kubernetes and they're running Kafka and Cassandra. Um, and uh, and because if Neo is the the autonomous car company, uh, the guys from Tesla started it. So if you think about those self-driving cars, they generate 15 terabytes of data a day. 15 wow. terabytes of data a day. Because think about all the things the cars have to keep track of so they don't you know, crash into each other. So um, once you take the driver out of, out of the equation. So it's a lot of data. So they're a great use case for you know, running all of that in containers. And, and they've, you know, they always feel like, I always tell them, you gotta tell your story because you're further along than most people. And you have a story to tell, and they're scaling, you know, up to six thousand cores, and they're, you know, they're they're having the growing pains that that everybody else is going to have when they're when they have, you know, when they're running these large databases. Do they store that data? Like, do you need it once you once the car is seen? Oh, there's a cyclist, there's a dog, there's another car. Do they need that data? After they that? need the data, and besides, you want to run analytics on that data. But yeah, they they have they have massive databases, and they use us for cloud native storage. So um, it's it's a the data problem is is a problem that doesn't go away, and people are have been scared to do it because they're like, okay, you know, day one is pretty easy, but once you get into day two and day three, that's when pe yeah. people have been so afraid they just they just don't they haven't tried it yet. So but, you know now they're they're realizing they have to, you know, data doesn't go away. So nope, <laughs> solve that well, problem. And I think. The, if you think about the typical person that would go to Cisco Live, that's way more this second wave operator kind of admin kind of person that You're right. is, is receiving this information after, I mean, the developers, you know, the kind of person that would work for Neo is going to be like, yeah, let's go for it. And, and don't necessarily think about the day two and day three stuff where you, you have some of these storage issues and, and some of these, okay, now I have to live with this and not just 
not just make it easier to write code. There's all these other things that, that come along with it. And I, I think what we're starting to see is how if we can learn anything from how OpenStack handled that, if Kubernetes can learn anything from that, it's that how important it is to engage with that audience with good documentation so that they can take that learning curve on. Absolutely, and engaging with other members of the community too. I mean, so one of the labs that we're gonna try to do on the 10th, um, we got the folks from Redis Labs in and um, and you know they, they pitched this idea of kind of like a, sort of like a lamp stack, but for Kubernetes. So if you think about sort of where, where Helm charts leave yeah. off, we need a service cat because you've got Istio and you've got service mesh, but we no one's built that service catalog yet, right? And no one's kind of built the whole stack. And so I was talking to the folks at Neo, the developers there a couple of weeks ago, and I said, you know, if we built this, would that be useful to you? And they were like, oh my gosh, when is it going to be ready? Like, can we have it now? Like, call me the minute it's done. So, you know, you need that catalog. You need to make these things easier for the developers, but it means different technologies coming together. It's not just going to happen in Kubernetes. We don't, you know, storage isn't just going to happen with, you know, Ceph or open source, you know, communities. It's all of these things have to work together and have to work together really, really well. So we're, we're playing nice. We're getting together with, with the Kube team and with Redis and with other folks to try to build some things like that. And, if it's useful to people. Very cool. Hey, we're, we're starting to run out of time, Pete. I don't know how many questions you have left, no, but you I can pick I'm your favorite. Oh, you're good. All yeah. right. Terrific. Well, I've got what I need. I learned a lot today uh, about the current state of the Bay Area Open Infrastructure User Group. I appreciate it. And I really had no idea that this event was coming up on the 10th. So thank you for sharing about that. Uh, I hope to see you listening. There. Sign up now, it's free. And if you register, you're gonna get a t-shirt that fits you instead of some weird giant t-shirt that you can only wear to bed. Exactly, and we have women's sizes. So women, I will expect to see you at this meetup. That's right, that's right, girl power. I like big giant t-shirts, right? <laughs> yeah, so flattering. Yeah, arms that come down to here and just, mm. Well, I don't know Love. if you've met Pete in person, but he's like six foot 10 or something. And, I'm a He's big the, guy, I need a big t-shirt. So well, then you need to register for your size to make sure, especially if you have extreme sizes. We need to know that. He's the target audience for that t-shirt that I'm always bringing home and going, where are all the women's mediums? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's go tour this now. Oh my gosh, no. We're solving that problem. We want, we love women in tech and we have to respect <laughs> that we're not all the same size. So we want everybody to look beautiful in their t-shirt. Before I let you go, I do want to ask, um, are you going to be appearing on stage anywhere? You're always organizing events, but is there any place that our audience might run into you at an event up on a, on a panel or speaking on your yeah, own in your future? I actually will be doing uh, my Kubernetes panel again um, that uh, on July 10th. So I will be on stage and I've got awesome, awesome people on stage with me, like Tony Campbell, because he wants to showcase the, the container operator framework. Um, and so Tony Campbell's been on the show. He's, he was oh, a great guest. Love, that's my writer die. Love Tony. Um, <laughs> he's so awesome. So yes, I will be, uh, I'll, and I'll have our customer Neo talking about what they're, um, what they've built with Kubernetes. So, and I'm, I'm seeing that whole event. So I'll be on stage. People are going to get kind of sick of me on, on July 10th. Um, so that's, that's the next thing. And then hopefully, uh, the next OpenStack Summit, the next KubeCon, you know, we'll, we're, um, I haven't done the CFP yet for either of those, but I will be doing that. So yeah, probably those two things as well. All right, cool. Well, thank you so much for um, for taking the time to be on the show. If you can send me the links afterward to where folks can register for these events and, and go to find more information, I'll include it in the show notes and in the pr promotional uh, efforts that we spend on social media afterwards so folks can find it. 
I absolutely will. But meetup.com slash openstack is a great place to start. Sign up for our community, sign up for the newsletter I send out. I, I send one out about every two weeks with tons of good information. I promise I won't spam you. It'll all be useful. So sign up. Great. Thank you so much again, Lisa. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Pete. We'll talk again soon, I hope. Okay. Oh, thank you guys. It was fun. All right. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye.